This is Rama for today. Little three or four year old child, you see that child just about to put his hand on a hot skillet on the stove. Honey, don't touch that, that'll burn. Well, you happen to turn around to do something else and suddenly you heard the child scream. They put their little hand up on that hot iron skillet. You pull it away and all the skin comes off his hand. Now, don't you misunderstand me at all. That child learned a lesson. That child surely learned not to touch a hot skillet. But that wasn't your way of teaching them. And we may have learned some things, but that wasn't God's way of teaching us. We had to learn it that way because we're so hard-headed we wouldn't listen to his word to begin with. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching, Healing Classics. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Brother Hagan for today's message. Jesus' description of the Father God and his statement here in John 14, 9, He that has seen me has seen the Father makes it impossible for one moment for me to accept the teaching that disease and sickness are of God. The very nature of God refutes the argument because Jesus said, if you want to see God at work, look at me. If you want to know what God's will is, look at me. And he went about doing good because God anointed him to do it. He went about doing good and healing. Healing is good. Amen. Now notice, who, who, who was it that he healed? Just, well, if it's God's will, he'll heal you. And if it's not, well, he won't. No. He went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. A-double-L. All. That means all that he healed were oppressed of the devil. Then Satan is the oppressor, but Jesus is the deliverer. And Jesus is the will of God. And Jesus is God at work. For he that's seen me has seen the Father. How could anyone doubt? If you want to see God at work, look at Jesus. How could anyone believe that sickness and disease, you see, came from God or from heaven? Well, no, they told me when I was on the bed those years ago. Well, no, maybe, maybe God is not, you see. That is, that he just exactly commissioned it all right. Sickness and disease and these things. But now, he permitted it. And they try to look wise about then, you know. You know. Try to get their eyes big, you know, look wise, they say, as an owl. Did you ever study up on that? I always thought, you know, because I'd heard it. See, that's why we believe that we hear that an owl's wise. But you know he's not. Study up on it. Get into your encyclopedia and you'll find out an owl's the dumbest bird there is. Can't teach him a thing. All he can do is sit around and holler, hoo-hoo. A lot of people think they're wise as an owl. Yeah. 
They're sitting around perched up in the church, you know. And about all they can do is they can hear a little scandal and they holler, hoo-hoo. And they hear some preacher left his wife and they say, hoo-hoo. That's all they know. There is one other characteristic about an owl. You can't teach him to do it. He's just born that way. He can sit right still in one position and turn his head around and look right square behind him. And we've got a lot of these old owls perched up in church and they see everything that's going on behind them and a lot that ain't. Yeah. You didn't know I could preach that way, did you? Amen. I was given that illustration one time in a church here in the state of Texas and the pastor said to me, Brother Hagin, you're exactly right. He said, I was born on a farm up here in northeast Texas in Fannin County. And he said, I remember out there on the farm. Now at this time he's talking to me. He was a man up 50 years of age or more, around that at least. But he said, as a little boy, I got a couple of baby owls out in the woods. Brought them in, you know, put them in the barn. And those owls grew up to be grown. One of them, I measured one of them, you know, standing, you know, was 40 inches tall and the other 36 inches tall. They lived down in the barn. Great big owls, you see. Never could teach them a thing. Never. Tried to never. Only thing they'd ever do, he said, was this. He said, now I would feed them outside the back door of the farmhouse and they'd come up there to eat from the barn. See, because he'd raise them from little baby owls. And they wouldn't eat out of the same pan. They had to have a different pan. You know, he'd get some old pan, you know, that his, of his mother's, you know, cooking utensil that had a hole in it, you know, and mend it some way or another, you know, enough at least to put the food in it, you know. They wouldn't eat out of the same pan. I'd have to have one for each one of them. And they'd each one, you see, always eat out of that one. You got a lot of these folks, you know, they got a certain stall. You get in their stall and they're mad about it. <laughs> they wouldn't sit anywhere else to save your life. <laughs> Getting mad, so-and-so got my seat. <laughs> and so he said, uh, they, and, and, and they wouldn't eat while I was watching them. I, I'd put the food out there, but as long as I stand there, they'd just stand there and stare at me. And I'd have to go back inside, you know, maybe peep out, and then they'd start eating, you know. Only thing he said they'd ever do is this. He said they'd come up there, the pans are empty, I haven't put their food out yet in the morning time, you see. And he said they'd sit there all the time I'm out there and, and put the food in the pan for them. He said they'd sit there and go like this. And he said, I don't know why, but when they got through eating, you know, wouldn't eat if I was there. I'd have to go and you know, look around the corner of the house or something. They'd get through eating, you know, and they'd sit there for a few moments and do their head this way. When he said that, I thought, that's exactly the way these owls do. You can come to church and they say, amen, amen, and then they go out and live like this. That's a cool. Don't shout me down now, just because I'm preaching real good. These folks said to me, you know, they tried to look wise as an owl. Well, now maybe God didn't commission it. Maybe he didn't commission you as a little baby to be born deformed. 
and have to die here at 15 years of age, 16. Doctor said they can't live. Have to die, five of them. But now God permitted it. And he has, in other words, insinuate, he has, because he permitted it, he's got some purpose in it. Well, now, wait a minute. That won't bear up. If you want to do it on the way home to church tonight, God will permit you to stop by and rob a filling station. Won't he? Won't he? If you're pretty good at picking pockets, if you want to do it, he'll permit you to pick somebody's pocket before you get away from here. I used to could do that and never know I had it. I'm not practicing anymore. Don't get scared, Fred. Amen. I could do that. Them people looking right at me. Just pick it up, you know, and walk off with it. Put it in my pocket or something, you know. Well, but he hadn't got any purpose in it. Why did he permit you to do it? Because you wanted to. He's not trying to work something out. Are you listening to me? You could have a little child in your home. Little three or four year old child, you see that child just about to put his hand on a hot skillet on the stove. Honey, don't touch that, that'll burn. Well, you happen to turn around to do something else, and suddenly you heard the child scream. They put their little hand up on that hot iron skillet. You pull it away, and all the skin comes off his hand. Now, don't you misunderstand me at all. That child learned a lesson. That child surely learned not to touch a hot skillet. But that wasn't your way of teaching them. And we may have learned some things, but that wasn't God's way of teaching us. We had to learn it that way because we're so hard-headed we wouldn't listen to his word to begin with. So don't go off and act sanctimonious and say, well, now God has some purpose in it. Yeah. You permitted that child to touch the stove. Why did you do it? Because you couldn't help it. Why does God permit these things? Because he can't help it. Why can't he help it? Because he made the earth and gave Adam dominion over it and Adam sold out and gave the dominion over to Satan. Bless God. But he's made provision to redeem us from the hand of the enemy. Praise God. And Jesus said, bless God, that you'll tread on serpents and scorpions. I give you power to tread on scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth W. Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. I want to tell you about this month's radio offer. This month we're offering Kenneth E. Hagan's CD, Healing Scriptures. In this CD, Brother Hagan is reading the Healing Scriptures with music playing in the background. Also from Kenneth E. Hagen is the four-CD series, God's Medicine. We're also offering Lynette Hagen's CD, Peace, where she's reading the scriptures with music in the background. Last but not least is Kenneth W. Hagen's book entitled, Executing the Basics of Healing. All of these items are at the special price of $40. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. If you have a prayer request, you email us at prayer at rhema.org and we will pray for you and agree with you. We, these prayer requests are prayed for every day by yes. somebody. In fact, I get I get a stack across my office. desk. Yes. And, and I like you know, honey, when you were talking about just keep on confessing, the healing power of God yes. is flowing in your body to affect a healing cure. I have to give a testimony of years and years. I mean, this was back in the 70s, so that's yeah. kind of a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, it is a long time ago. Actually, I had fallen down the stairs. I remember, remember it very that? well. I remember it yes. very well. And I cracked my tailbone very extremely extremely painful and you know the doctors could do nothing about it so we prayed about it and I remember the pain was so excruciating after that and I still remember you saying honey just say every time you hear you feel that pain just say the healing power of of God is flowing in my body to affect a healing and a cure. Right. If I said that once, I said that thousands of times every day. Yes. But I will tell you, and I want to give this testimony, within three weeks after saying that over and over and over again, the pain started gradually subsiding. And in three weeks, I went back to the, to the doctor and he says, your, your tailbone has healed properly, perfectly, no pain since. And he so, said that's very unusual. Yes, he said it's very unusual. So let me tell you, continue to confess because I'm telling you what, that healing power yes. was so strong as we were praying and that healing power is healing your body right now. Amen. I'm excited about oh, it. Yes. <laughs> Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan with his teaching, Healing Classics. Thanks for listening to Rema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.